0: Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Friday edition of Bible Tract Echoes, and I hope your week has been going very well. I hope your walk with the Lord is strong. I hope your prayer life, you're seeing answers to prayer, and I hope you're having the opportunity to impact people around you with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the hallmark of a Christian walking close to God, they not only have a good prayer life, they also are trying to impact others around them to know Christ as Savior. And that's the focus of our time together here on the broadcast. Well, right now, my Bible is sitting open to the book of Amos, Amos chapter 5. We've been in Amos chapter 5 all this week. That was not my original plan, but here we are. Amos chapter 5, verses 18, 19, and 20 will be our focus today with a simple title that Theology Matters. If you can, get your Bible open. Join me at Amos 5. Get something on which to uh, jot some words down. And also, along the way, I hope you'll jot down how to contact us. I really want to put into your hands a sample packet of our gospel tracts. Regularly, we have people contact us who say, I've been meaning to get that sample packet for a long time. I just never got it. Well, make today the day that you get around to doing that thing. I'm going to talk about one of our gospel tracks here in just a moment. But as I'm recording the broadcast today, this is the 500-year anniversary of the Protestant Reformation, and I genuinely hope that your church had some way of honoring this, or you watched some video on this, really a significant event in world history. Far too many present-day believers are unaware of our, our our history as Bible-based people. And the cornerstone of the Protestant Reformation is this Latin phrase, sola scriptura, which simply means scripture alone. Put simply, the Bible believers of every era have had no other source for what to believe and how to live their life than their Bibles. The Protestant Reformation, if I could whittle it down to a key thought, would be this, theology matters. Theology matters. What you and I believe to be true Bible teaching and doctrinally true stuff, it matters. It matters to our soul's well-being as far as eternity goes. It matters to our daily emotional well-being. It matters to our daily life practices and our view of those people living around us. Well, here in Amos 5, the people's theology was messed up. So guess what? Their life, day-to-day life, was also then messed up. They were messed up in what they believed about prophecy— let me show you. Get your Bible to join me. Amos, please, in chapter 5. This gospel tract in my hand, and by the way, a gospel tract is a short, Written presentation of God's plan of salvation. The gospel tract in my hand right now is entitled The Best I Can. The Best I Can. Frankly, this is one of my very, very favorite gospel tracts. I use it all the time for two simple reasons. Number one, it's short, the writing on it's a little bigger print, and it's so Clear, so clear how it lays out the gospel. It begins with a simple illustration about a swimmer planning to swim from the shores of New York City all the way over to London. Well, of course, that's impossible, but he's going to try to do the best I can. Well, friend, people think they can get their own work self to heaven by their own efforts, and that's an impossibility. Doing the best you can to get to heaven will not get you there. You need a savior, and there's only one. His name is Jesus Christ. Here's a great, great gospel track, The Best I Can. I use it all the time. Please, when my announcer gives our contact information, would you jot that down? Give us your name. Give us your mailing address. And we will send you the sample packet containing over 40 different gospel tracks. We'll send it to you free of charge in the next day's business mail. Please let us do that. If you can't wait to the very end of the program, just go to our website, BibleTracksInc.com. The word tracks is spelled T-R-A-C-T-S, BibleTracksInc.org, all right? Please do it today, today, today. All right, if your Bible's open here, the book of um, Amos chapter 5, verse 18 to 20 says this, "'Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord! To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light.' if a man did flee from a lion and a bear met him or went into a house and leaned his hand on the wall and a serpent bit him, shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light, even very dark and no brightness in it? Stop right there. Now that may seem strange. I'm reading that section right out of the chapter here, but for time's sake, I've got to stop and just read those verses. There is, though, a key, a very key prophetic term used in these verses. It's the words, Day of the Lord. Now, that phrase shows up in the book of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations. It shows up in Ezekiel, Joel, Obadiah, Zephaniah, Zechariah, and Malachi. Obviously it shows up here in Amos. But since the New Testament is built on the foundation of the Old Testament, lo and behold, we find the phrase "day of the Lord in the books of Acts, First and Second Corinthians, first and Second Thessalonians, and in the book of Second Peter. This is a very critical, very key prophetic term. In the minds of the typical Jewish person of Amos' day, they believed, they thought that the day of the Lord would begin when their Messiah would come and set up his rule. And they knew that when that would happen, that all the people of the earth would worship him and the Jewish people would be the exalted nation. And what they believed was right, but it just wasn't complete. Partial truth is not whole truth. If you will read virtually any of the places in the Scripture where the term day of the Lord shows up, you're going to find that that great time of that great day is a day of judgment, again, in almost every place you turn. Right here and now, let me tell you what the day of the Lord is as I see it found in the Word of God. The day of the Lord begins with the tribulation period. Now, I see that to be a seven-year period of time. So, once the rapture of the New Testament church saints happens, once that occurs, the day of the Lord can begin. At the end of the tribulation period, with all the horrors that it brings, Jesus will come back to earth, and he's going to defeat the Antichrist at the battle of Armageddon, and he will set up his 1,000-year reign on earth. This is still all incorporated into the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is an era, not just one 24-hour day period. Now, the day of the Lord ends with this present earth being burned up, and God makes a new heaven and a new earth. That brings the day of the Lord to an end. But, Let's get back here to Amos chapter 5, verses 18, 19, and 20. For the Jews of Amos' day, all that they thought about, all they saw about the day of the Lord was how wonderful it would be when their Messiah would come. Everything would be perfect then. But Amos says wait just a minute. Amos preached that the day would be a day of darkness, not light. He's very blunt about that in verses 18 and 20. Notice the D word, darkness. This is uh, did not mean that the great blessings uh, talked about in the day of the Lord for the Jewish people it didn't mean that those wouldn't happen. But what Amos was saying is that before the great blessings from Messiah, there would come a chastening, a sifting of the Jewish people. God would purify his people before he would bless them. I'm going to stop here and make a quick application. I think it's far too important not to do this. Far too many of us today want all the blessings of God, but we don't want the purifying part. We don't want the purity part of God. I don't mind people coming to Christ as they are at the moment. You've heard people say about coming to church, come as you are. I don't mind sinners coming to Christ as they are. Sinners who come to Christ to receive him as Savior are going to come in their sinful condition. God's going to deal with that and deal with it through the blood of Christ. But when God saves a sinner, he begins to sanctify them in their practical daily life. This process, yes, is a process. It does happen over a period of time, but it does happen. God never says to a sinner, come as you are and stay as you are. The Jews of Amos' day did not want to live godly. In this chapter, twice the Amos preaches, seek God, seek him, he says. But then he also says, seek a righteous life there in verse 14. But the Jews didn't want a righteous life. They refused the clear teaching of their Old Testament on how to walk with God as a godly Jewish person. Why did they do that? Because they were unsaved Jews. Well, today we have far too many unsaved church members. You heard me right. We have a lot. We have a high percentage of unsaved church members. I'm convinced of that in my travel. I heard about that when I was a youngster from traveling evangelists. It has been my impression that that is actually true. People today in churches, they reject the clear New Testament teaching on how a Holy Spirit-indwelt believer is to walk with God. Honest believers are not sinless people, but as they go on year by year with Christ, they ought to begin to sin less. Amen. Amos said that the day of the Lord was a day of darkness, yes, but a day of danger as well. Verse 19 talks about great tragedy happening there, escaping a lion, a bear comes and getting bitten by a, a, a snake there. Deadly judgment was coming, which would clearly identify who was actually a child of God and who was not. Dear listener friend, are you the genuine article are you truly born again? If so, God is going to purify us. He's going to bring things into our lives. He's going to allow things to come and impact our lives. And these will do three things. Again, I'm going to use three words beginning with the letter D. You need to understand what God's doing. His purifying process is going to do three things. Number one, draw us. Draw us closer to him the issues of life, the circumstances of life, the hardships of life, they're going to draw us to him. We're going to need his strength more and more. We're going to learn that. Secondly, his purifying process will detach sin habits from us. Thirdly, The things that God uses to purify us, they're going to develop a Christ-likeness more and more. We're going to become more like Christ, not in our facial appearance, but in our character. Oh, pardon my bluntness here, but if godly purity ain't happening in your life, you better check your salvation reality. Did you hear what I said? If godly purity ain't happening, I know the word ain't is not proper, but it gets right to the heart of issues. If godly purity ain't happening in your life or mine, we had better check the reality of our salvation. Maybe, perhaps, you are merely a cultural Christian, but not a converted one. How tragic. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702.